Sunday, October the 4th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So here we are then for another week of the Conundrum of Joy, our series in the book of Philippians. Paul writes this upbeat, joy-filled letter commanding them to be filled with joy themselves even though their circumstances were far from what we might say joy-filled. Paul was in lockdown, the church was under severe restrictions, oppressed by a foreign enemy and yet this command to rejoice, to be full of joy. Why? Well we've been thinking about it over these last few weeks because joy is something that takes place on the inside. It's not about what's going on in the circumstances, but it's what's going on on the inside. And we reminded ourselves last week that thankfulness, that attitude, that internal posture of gratitude is the key that unlocks joy in our lives. And we see that now in the verse that we're going to focus on for uh, today. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. Let me just read it to you. I thank my God. There it is, the posture, the attitude of thanksgiving. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. That, that, That couplet, that thanksgiving produces joy as we've been talking about. I always pray with joy, and this is the key for today, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Gospel partnership produces joy. We are to enjoy, to take pleasure from and in gospel partnerships. So what is this gospel partnership that Paul is talking about? Well, we know from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, that Paul planted the church in Philippi some years previous. A uh, businesswoman by the name of Lydia became a convert and a, a small church was planted in Philippi beginning in her house. And we know that after that church was planted and began to grow, Paul moved on through Acts chapter 17 to various other places. And then in Acts chapter 18, he gets to Corinth. And we read these verses about Paul in, in Corinth. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. As he was a tent maker, Paul was needing to spend most of his time earning money, just like the rest of us. Verse For every Sabbath, why every Sabbath? Because the rest of the week he was at work. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue trying to persuade the Jews and Greeks. 
But this is the important bit, verse 5. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, from Philippi, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. Reading between the lines, we can begin to understand that the church in Philippi sent a gift to Paul, uh, or maybe an ongoing sponsorship, we don't know the details, that enabled him to give up needing to work every day for a living to release him to spend more time sharing and preaching the gospel to the Greeks and the Jews that were in Corinth. The church at Philippi had become a gospel partner with Paul. And then we read more, more about this gospel partnership in the end of the letter to the Philippians, Philippians chapter 4, this letter that Paul is primarily writing to the church several years later to thank them for their most recent gift. This is verse 14 of Philippians chapter 4. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. In other words, it was the Philippian church that had enabled Paul to become more fruitful in his ministry. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And so there's this sense that the, the, the Philippians were partners with Paul over the long haul. Not that I desire your gifts, this is verse 17. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Isn't that interesting? What Paul is saying is that the Philippians are credited with Paul's fruitfulness because they were partners with him in it. So let's step back a moment from that little journey. What's it reminding us? It's reminding us that there is joy to be found in gospel partnerships. I always pray with joy when I remember your partnership in the gospel. There are lots of examples over the years of gospel partnership. William Tyndale in the 1500s believed that the Bible should be available in his native tongue, the language of English. The Bible had always been in Latin. Of course, everyone knows the Bible should be in Latin. But William Tyndale had this conviction that everyone should be able to read the Bible in their own language. And so he set about translating the Bible into English. And I quote, so that the ploughman in the field would be able to read it in Bristol Baptist College and the building uh, that it, we were in when uh, Carrie and I were in Bristol had a stained glass window of the ploughman in the field because of William Tyndale's conviction that the Bible should be available in their native tongue. But there were two problems. Number one, it was illegal. And number two, he had no money, no financial resource, no means to make it possible. Except for the unknown person, Humphrey Monmouth. Humphrey Monmouth provided the money that released William Tyndale to translate the Bible into English. 
And more than that, this rich businessman owned a fleet of ships that then took the Bible in English to all parts of the world where English was being spoken. Henry Monmouth was a gospel partner with William Tyndale. Now, of course, we remember William Tyndale famously, but it wouldn't have been possible without Humphrey Monmouth. Gospel partnerships. Gospel partnerships produce joy. And so the question for all of us this week, I guess, is where can we be partners with someone to help them be more fruitful in the gospel? You see, we can partner with people in many different ways, with our tithe, with our money giving like Humphrey Monmouth did. We can give money to release the resource of mission. We can partner with our time. We can offer to mentor someone, perhaps to to offer to mentor a young person in our church family. We can be gospel partners with our things, our stuff. We can use our houses or our phones or our cars. If Humphrey used his ships, maybe we can use our cars, but we can certainly use our homes as well. One of the things that uh, we'll particularly miss when all the kids have flown the nest is that it's just the hubbub of having kids and young people running through our house. Do they make a mess? Yes. Is it annoying? Yes. Do we spend lots of time having to clear it up? Yes. But we're partners with our kids, helping them to be good news to their Uh, friends and their peers by making our home available. We are partners with them in the gospel. So with our tithe, that's with our money, with our uh, our time, with our things, with our talents, we can partner with the gospel. Lots of talents are required to create this online stream this morning. We are grateful for people's partnership in the gospel. And, And finally, with our tarrying. I needed another tea, but uh, uh, can you not tarry one hour, Jesus says. So really it's a reminder to pray. We can be partners with our prayer. So many ways that we can partner with others for the flourishing of the gospel. So who are you partnering with to help them be more fruitful for the kingdom? And how are you doing that? One of the great things we can do as a church is to partner with people both locally and around the world and often on these live streams we've tried to uh, uh, remind ourselves of those significant partners and to hear news from them. You may remember early on in lockdown uh, Kerry and I chatting with Irina, our partner in Kyrgyzstan, uh, wanting to just share with them our sense of partnership in the gospel at their time and shortly after that particular conversation we were able as part of our missions giving as a church uh, to release money to them and that money has borne fruit and Claire and Alan got together just to help remind us and to share with us the way the fruit of our partnership is growing in Kyrgyzstan. Take a look at this and embrace, receive, take pleasure from, enjoy the joy that our gospel partnership produces. Thank you, Burlington. It was about a couple of months ago uh, that the church sent 3,500 to these wonderful trusted partners of ours in Kyrgyzstan. 
And um, it, it was split as follows, that um, 1,500 was for emergency relief for families made destitute by um, the COVID restrictions. And another 1,500 was set aside for operations and medical attention um, for disabled children from one particular village. And those were the children that uh, your team, Claire, of interns were due to go and do a mini summer camp with or a children's camp earlier in the year. So this gift still enabled us to put some very tangible input into that tiny community. Um, the final £500 was in support of Christian leaders uh, to enable them to continue to do their work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got some stories. Maybe I can read one or two to you um, of some very grateful people demonstrating the impact of um, the uh, the medical uh, work that was uh, that was able to be done by uh, Burlington's gift. So, can I read you some stories? Yes, please. So a little girl called Ager Im. She's eight years old. She has Down syndrome and also diagnosed with a bizarrely named Turkish Empty Saddle Syndrome. I'd never heard of it. But apparently, saddle-shaped depression located in the bone at the base of the skull. Bless her. And with the funds received, Ager and, uh, and her name translates as Wonderful Moon, which is really lovely. She was one of two little girls that underwent an examination at a neuropsychiatric uh, hospital in the capital city, Bishkek, which is well, it's at least six hours away by minibus from where she lives. Um, and after that, she had a course of treatment in a specialised sanatorium, much closer to nearer her home anyway. And her mother, Aida, said, I want to send many thanks to everyone who helped us undergo this examination and subsequent treatment. I want to note that after the therapy, Agarim became less aggressive, began to listen to my voice, and even began to smile more. Thank you very much. Wow. Um, I've met that little girl. Uh, she, she, she wasn't attending to any... Um, human stimulation or attention at all so that is that's really special for me to to uh, see to see that another one is a lad he's 17 now Janibek and I've known him probably most of his life um, he was born with a serious cleft lip and cleft palate and you can imagine in their society what that would what sort of alienation that would lead to him and marginalization in his um, later life. So um, his family have been supported through a number of surgeries by this tiny little church in the village that he lives in. The church is only about seven or eight people strong. But as he's grown, further treatment obviously became necessary. And it's been a great joy for me to see him grow and his confidence and ability to communicate has improved. And he's always been really warm towards me and he's showered me with gifts and they've always exampled his emerging artwork over the years, which is pretty amazing. Now, from our gift, about, well, they say 25,000 som, that's about £250 of Burlington's funds, Janibet bravely underwent treatment which adjusted and developed and changed the obturator for his jaw. And so it's, a, you know, another very significant physical operation for him. He's now studying at an art school, so really pleased to catch up with him. One more? One more, please. Okay. Um, Nagilia, she's the mother 
of another of the disabled children being supported in the same village. And her 15-year-old son has a head injury, brain injury, very dependent on his mother. But Nagilia herself needed an urgent operation. She was diagnosed with a liver polyp and abdominal adhesion. So from the funds received from Burlington, 20,000 psalms, about £200, was spent on Nagilia's surgery. And she greets us all and she says, I'm very, very grateful to you. Thank you very much for everyone who donated finances for me. Previous operations resulted in some very negative consequences for me. The local doctor gave me a referral for urgent surgery. My relatives took me to the capital. National clinic in the capital said that I had to pay first. But I didn't have any money for this as we already live in debt. So lying in the hospital in this severe condition, I no longer had hope that I would survive. But thank God and thank you all, you paid for the operation. And the doctor said I, that I miraculously survived because the operation was very difficult. Now I feel much better. And my children are happy about my recovery. They are happy all thanks to your generosity, attention and care. So once again, thank you very much for your generous donations. I wish you all good health, long life and success in all your deeds and undertakings. Okay, well, I'm welling up. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, Lovely stories. They're a bit long, maybe, but they're, they're great stories and sincere and from the heart. So there we are. Gospel partnership produces joy. Where are you going to partner this week? for the gospel? Where will you help someone else be more effective? Where will you enable someone else to flourish that little bit more? How will you sow the seed of your tithe, your time, your things, your talents and your tarrying, your prayer into the kingdom this week, enabling others to be even more fruitful there is great joy for us to know and to discover in those partnerships. And so we pray right now for our church family. We think of the oldest right the way through to the youngest. And we thank you, God, for, for calling us to follow you together. We pray especially today for those who are struggling, for those whose health is failing or who are facing hard times with illness. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that every member of our family will know your strength, your hope and your presence during times of ill health. We pray for those who are struggling for one reason or another with the circumstances we find ourselves in. We pray, Lord Jesus, for peace for troubled minds. We pray for those who are facing worrying times with employment and ask Lord Jesus that they will know you as their provider. We pray for those who days feel so long at this time. Lord, be their comfort and their joy. And Lord, we pray for our church family scattered around the world. We thank you for the partnership in the gospel that we've heard about from Alan today in Kyrgyzstan. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for the other mission partners we have around this world and here in Ipswich as well. We name them to you now, just in the silence. You know their needs. You know what they need at this time. And so we pray for the partners in mission that we have. 
nemen ze in. And so we stand confident in the words that we read. And we say that we will pray with a glad heart this week. We will continue to believe and proclaim God's message. And we will continue to grow in him until that flourishing finish on the day that God himself in Christ Jesus returns. And we pray together in Jesus' name. Amen.